0: It's Friday, September 10th, 2021. As you know, I usually do the podcast on Mondays. I didn't do one the past two Mondays because I was preparing for doing vocals on the new album. Can you hear my dog barking? That's a floor up with like two closed doors. He's out of his mind. Well, I'll tell you what happened. So we started on Labor Day with the vocals. And I do them in the basement. And that means... And it's in the area of the basement that's the loudest. Like anything that happens in the house, you can hear down there. So AC has to go off, water heater, uh, dehumidifier. Everything has to go off. So I would do, you know... Anywhere from, I think I did one song in 15 minutes, but I'd do anywhere typically from half an hour to an hour per song. Uh, and then I would take a break for my voice and, and turn on the AC. So we did that on Monday and again on Tuesday and on Wednesday. But on Wednesday, the temperature in the house just kept climbing. Well, my AC crapped out. I thought I was going to make it to the spring. And you know what? I'm, I've got the HVAC guy coming this afternoon. And I'm not sure. I don't want to pay for the uh, repair. It's getting time to replace the AC. And I think I might just ride it out and do that in the spring. Well, in any case, I put the screens up. Which I had never gotten around to doing earlier this year and the dog who's already nutso and barks at everything that passes now has an additional sense to be stimulated the sense of sound of hearing so he's going bananas all the time in any case i had a great week and i'll get to that in a minute but part of the reason it was a great week was because I was watching some fantastic tennis being played at the U.S. Open. Some of the top-name players didn't play this year. Injuries and so forth. So you didn't have Federer, didn't have Nadal, didn't have Serena Williams, didn't have Venus Williams, I don't think. Is she Did she retire? I can't remember. In any case, that... Left the door, maybe not wide open, but a little more open for maybe some unseated players and some younger players, even one qualifier as it happened, to advance, kind of make their mark. And it has, the result has been the best Grand Slam tennis I've seen, probably going back to the 90s or early 2000s. It has just been fantastic tennis. So Kanu is, I believe, the first qualifier to make a final in—I don't know how long, maybe ever—in a in a in the open era in a major. Fernandez, who at one point I think in the third round beat Naomi Osaka, who we've talked about before, and who. Doesn't seem very interested in playing tennis anymore. I hope she gets her her head straight because she's a great player, and I want the best out there. But boy, she's she's going through a rough time right now. Well, Fernandez beat her and has has you know continued to just run the gauntlet, as it were. Beat uh, Anya, no, Irina Sabalenka yesterday in a terrific match. 76 46 64. Really, really exciting players. And they're gonna be playing each other in the final on Saturday at 2 p.m. Central, I think. Even if you're not into tennis, check it out. Really exciting. And on the men's side, Carlos Alcaraz, the Spaniard. 18 years old was just tearing through everybody. And then he ended up having to retire because of an injury in his last match. So that was a little disappointing. Um, he's 18. Raducanu, I think, is 17 or 18. And Fernandez turned 19 Earlier this week So the future of tennis Right now Looks fantastic I started watching Tennis and the other one I want to mention Is Francis Tiafo. He's, he's in his early 20's But an American player Who I think will be doing some uh, Great things In the next year or so as well He really seems to be Coming into his own I started watching tennis in the early 90s it was actually 1993 i came down with a head cold and i had been sick since i came back from tour we came back from a tour i want to say in april went to record the album anthem for a new tomorrow and i was just sick as a dog i think somebody else in the band had a had a bad tooth that needed looking at. So we just gave it up after a day or two said, okay, we'll come back and try it again. Cause it, what well, we were feeling sick, but also it just, it wasn't going well. The session wasn't going well. This stuff wasn't, we just weren't playing well together. So we took a break and came back. I just kept getting sick for like two months. And by the time June rolled around, I had, we had finished recording and I was going out to California to re-record some of the vocals and some guitar parts and mix the record. And I had to postpone that trip because I ended up somehow with an ear infection and my doctor told me, don't fly. So I'm Sitting at home, I got the ear thing, I got another cold, I'm sick as a dog, I, and I had nothing to do. So I turned on the TV and on HBO, and they were showing Wimbledon. And I got into it. And I, for years afterwards, I would get up early and watch Wimbledon every year. And then when the matches, would end for the day, then I'd do my work for the day. But I would get up at, you know, 5.30, 6 in the morning, so I could sit down and watch that. And it was great on HBO, because you could, you could see, you know, they have like HBO 2 as well, and 3 or something, so you could switch over and see the match that you wanted to see if if they weren't showing it. But those were... Great times for tennis. Sampras and Agassi and uh, Steffi Groff and Monica Sellis coming back after she had been stabbed by a crazed Steffi Groff fan. A uh, little bit later, Martina Hingis, a little bit later, you know, who reigned supreme for a while and then kind of got dethroned by Serena Williams who won her first major, I think it was the U.S. Open, beat Hingis at age 17. And Serena's still playing. She's got to be pushing 40 at this point. Anyway, if you're into tennis, you already know all this. If you're not into tennis and you ever thought you might be a little bit interested, this is the time. There's a men's match today at, I think, 2 or 3 Central. And then one tonight, it's Medvedev, who's the number two seed uh, today, this afternoon, against FAA. I can't pronounce his, his name. He's the Canadian. He's the one against whom Alcaraz had to retire. He's the 12 seed. And then tonight, Djokovic plays Zverev if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, the German. And then the women's women's final is tomorrow. Should be great tennis. So I had a great week. We actually beat our pace last year. You know, last year I thought I got the vocals done pretty quickly for the new album. This year, same thing, 14 songs. I got six down on the first day. I was pretty sore that night. But I was fine the next morning, so I did 6-4-4, four, and four, and I was done by Wednesday, and then we got, I, I think on Tuesday, my son did the keyboard parts. My son's playing keyboard on, on the record, did a great job. And then on Wednesday night, he and his sisters sang, or rather yelled, some backing vocals for a bridge on one of the tunes, which was fun for them and for me. Normally I tell them to stop screaming, but then sure enough, you get them in front of a mic and I'm like, would you yell? They're all timid. I'm like, yell! Pretend you're yelling at your sister for God's sake. I'm really happy with this record. I'm really, really excited about it. And I suppose that's true of any new record you do. But this one in particular, there's a sense that everything has come together in a way that performance-wise that it was hinting at and that it was very close to before but hadn't quite reached. And one of those elements is the rhythm section. And for years now, I have tried to get drummers to overplay. Not that I want them to overplay, but if you overplay, then I tell them, then I'll dial it back. So the idea is overplay then I'll tell you when you've gone too far and you can dial it back a little bit but but the reason for this is I want more movement on the drums and the bass and I'm not talking about, you know, crazy show-offy bass runs but I'm I'm talking about a sense of forward momentum and here's my reasoning behind this which may be completely wrong I don't know but I'm convinced of it my reasoning behind it is that pop-punk, the genre that we're always associated with, has become over-reliant, and it's been this way for decades, over-reliant on the straightforward Ramones-based approach to instrumentation, and particularly drums. And as a result, and there's nothing wrong with that if you're the Ramones, or plenty of other great bands. But one of the consequences of that, when that becomes an entrenched characteristic, let's say, of a genre, is then everybody begins to expect that. So when they're listening, they anticipate that. And for me personally, it's, it's pretty tiresome. I can't really listen to much pop punk myself. Because it just gets, it. It what it's doing musically is often very predictable. I'm not just talking about things like chord changes, but just the way the instruments are played. So my idea was, and has been, that if this gets mixed up, particularly on on the rhythm section end, which I think is where it matters the most, then you get, that was my... What was that? My calendar coming up. Yeah, calendar. I know my HVAC guy is coming. Goodness, not that old. I don't need constant reminders. Anyway, so the idea is to get that feel of forward momentum. That things are always moving and that you're, and that you're a little bit off kilter. In music, as is the case in any art, the secret to doing something that seems fresh and original, even though you're drawing from all these different influences and nothing is really new, but the, the secret to seeming new, don't confuse that with relevant. I'm not talking about relevance here. I'm talking about a sense of something being fresh. The secret to that, the secret to delivering a good joke, the secret to uh, writing a great novel, is in part surprise, doing the unexpected. Of course, part of that is you have to set it up. It has to be the kind of unexpected that... The reader of the novel or the listener of the song would say, whoa, that, came, that, that hit me, that kind of came out of left field, but wait a second, no, it didn't. And the reason it didn't is because it was set up. There's a context for it. And I think one of the things that you can do, in terms of instrumentation at least, to mix things up a little on the pop punk genre is open things up a bit as far as the rhythm section goes. And to that end, the guys in the band, Pierre, our drummer, and Poutine, our bass player, did a really tremendous job. And this is, this is one of the reasons I'm so excited about this new record is this is the culmination of a lot of efforts over the years, kind of everything coming together as I wanted it. Doesn't mean I wasn't happy with the last record or the one before that. I was very happy with both of them and still am. But the the vision that you have finally coming together near perfectly is a pretty great feeling. And we're there. I mean, we're there so far. We still have to track some all of Hunchback's rhythms and whatever leads he's going to play. Uh, Mike Kennedy, who's playing guitar on the record as well is still has to do some leads, I guess, and maybe some rhythm guitar stuff. Trevor was, we had to, we had to part ways. Trevor was and is very busy with his Billie Eilish gig, which is a great gig and, you know, really the kind of thing that I think he's been looking for for a while. So we wish him nothing but the best. But Mike decided to step in, rather than go and find, you know, try to find another guitarist. You know, Mike has played on plenty of our stuff before, and he played on my solo record, These Ones Are Bitter, and, you know, he knows my songs. It was really the logical the most logical choice. So far, so good. And in addition to that, I'm really happy with the songs. Few of them are older or maybe have older origins, but quite a lot of them, more than half of them, I think, are ones that I wrote over this past winter. And, I'm, and that's always a cool thing because it still seems fresh and new and exciting to you. So I'm having a great time making this record. Hunchback is heading down to Oklahoma at the beginning of October to record his parts, and we're hoping to have the thing mixed and mastered before the end of the year. I don't have a release date. I'm hoping for spring. It really depends where we're at COVID-wise. I gotta tell you, I was really kind of iffy about my booking agent's decision not that I couldn't have overridden him but his decision to maybe wait this out I thought let's you know let's get out in September you know just do some Midwest stuff at the very least three days underplays smaller markets just see how it goes and uh, his concern and it's a it's it turns out he was absolutely right his concern was we don't really we're not really out of the woods yet and we might want to wait and see how things go because all these bands that are planning tours and stuff might find themselves taking reductions have i talked to you about this before the reduction i don't know when it became a thing but you get a guarantee And open your dictionary and look up that word. It's not a guarantee, like the dictionary says, apparently. Because a promoter will come to you and ask for a reduction. And if you don't play ball, then, I don't know, you get a black mark against your name or something. But the thing is, I can't take reductions because I'm flying guys in from all over the country. My overhead is sky high. I can't afford it. When we figure out what is this weekend going to be like, we factor everything in including the guarantee on the plus side on the credit side and then on the debit side we figure out what our expenses are going to be and if if one of those changes fairly drastically then we've got trouble and this is apparently happening bands are canceling tours or appearances left and right because of the delta variant and, and the you know all the local uh, actions that come with that regarding you know capacity and masking and everything else. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that's the reality of the situation. And our agent Tom at Overeasy Booking anticipated that at a time where I was kind of questioning him. And it turns out I should have just shut up and listened to the professional. Which you know to my credit I ultimately did but boy he turned out to be right so we're hoping spring summer we can get out and do some shows to support the new record and then obviously we would want it to come out you know a month or two before any planned shows so i think we're going to get the thing done get the art done just have it ready to roll but not set a release date until we know where we're at covid wise this has already been too long. I don't know where I am at time-wise, but I'm over certainly my 20-minute allotment. I just I really like tennis and talking about tennis. One of the great joys of this week or the past 2 weeks of watching the US Open has been watching with my son who just you know never had any interest in in watching tennis before but got drawn in by Alcaraz. I mean, this is the great thing is when you get this new blood in and these young, exciting players who are, you know, really the, the, Alcarez, uh, Fernandez, uh, Raducanu, what they all three have in common, they're three pretty different players, but what they all have in common is they just appear to be at least fearless and they're willing to go for it uh, like they have nothing to lose. And that draws people in. And so it's really cool to see my son get really into this and he was pulling for Alcarez and really excited about watching his matches and really bummed out. He had already gone to bed by the time uh, Alcaraz had to withdraw from that match against FAA, but he's into it. He's, he's learning all the rules and, and it's, it's just, you know, we sat and watched the, uh, the Fernandez uh, Sabalenka match last night and he was just on the edge of his seat. And that's always a lot of fun. And we'll have fun again this weekend uh, on Sunday when the Packers open their season down in Jacksonville against uh, the New Orleans Saints, who aren't playing in New Orleans because of the uh, after-effects of the hurricane down there. Well, in any case, I've enjoyed my time with you and... As always, I will see you. Not actually, as always. Now that I think about, it, I won't see you on Monday. Consider this your Monday podcast. So a week from Monday, I'll uh, I won't see you. I won't do. I, that's the thing I don't like about this podcast is there's no interaction. That was what I liked about the live stream. But you know what? There's there's no there's nothing in it for me monetarily, potentially even down the road. More importantly, like. I'm making money for Facebook. If I don't make any money doing it, I can live with that but i'm I'm making money for Facebook. I just i i I, I can't live with that, but I do miss the interactions. so if you have anything to say in in the comments section or whatnot, please feel free. If you want to email me, there's a way to do that on the site. So it'll be a week from Monday. I don't know what the date is going to be then. Uh, but until then, have a great week and a half. Enjoy the U.S. Open. Trust me on this. And until I return, remember I love you all very much. So long.